Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's weekly comic book podcast. I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, <clears throat> one of your regular co-hosts, and I'm here with Brian Michael Bendis. And I'm going to be interviewing him about his not one, but two new Superman books, Action Comics and Superman. Hi, Brian. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So do you want to tell our listeners just a little bit about the books you're promoting right now? Sure, yeah. Um, we're here talking about uh, the first collections of uh, my runs on Superman with uh, Ivan Rice and Action Comics with uh, Patrick Gleason and Ryan Sook and uh, many others. And uh, this was the first collections since me coming to DC Comics uh, from Marvel Comics after years doing Spider-Man and Jessica Jones and such. So, uh, after, uh, all the hype and, uh, nonsense of coming over, uh, having these books out here to show people and to just, uh, you know, to share my love of Superman is, is, a uh, is a great joy. I must say it's really, really exciting to do this. So action comics is more of a ground-level, metropolis-based Superman book, at least in this volume. Yep. And Superman is more cosmic Superman, uh, at least in this volume. Um, yeah. What, what led you to split it up that way? Well, you know, there, there's Superman, like like a lot of the, the big tentpole franchise uh, characters like Batman and Spider-Man, have a lot of different flavors available to them. And Superman specifically has, you know, these enormous cosmic events, like his everyday life is the biggest you know, stories. And at the same time, uh, uh, he has this other side of him, which is Clark Kent and the Daily Planet and the stories that do not need uh, all of Superman's powers to get to the truth, but something else. So once I got to, those are the two things I wanted to dive into the most and kind of uh, having Superman be this giant Superman family epic, but it's also about like Superman's relationship to the entire galaxy and to Earth. Uh, that that seemed like an enormous story that could take place in the pages of Superman, whereas Action Comics seemed to be the perfect home to kind of do the more grounded earth stories of Superman and Clark Kent because action comics, if you read those early action comics, that's what they were. You know, it was really like Superman versus a bunch of gangsters, like, you know, popping them in the chin and stuff. So the, it does have it in its DNA to have stories like this in it. And it always has throughout the years. Oh, of course. There've always been both flavors of Superman and, yeah. and you need both of them to get your, full array of Superman-ness. But even early on, I even thought about switching it up, and it didn't look right, I gotta tell ya. Like, imagine the story that we're telling in Superman in the pages of Action Comics. For some reason, even the logo just made it feel like, nope, not right. Okay, so it was kind of an intuitive thing. Yes. So, so tell me about your personal background with Superman. I mean, obviously, Superman's not exactly an obscure character. We all know who he is. Yeah. But you know, on the other hand, I think given that this is right, aside from your, your own dedicated line, more on that later, this yeah. is like right what you went straight to. So I'm thinking that Superman, you might have had some ideas about what you wanted to do there. Can you tell me about like your history with Superman as well, a character? It's, 
it's funny. Like I, I, I wasn't spending a lot of like brain cells thinking about what I would write on characters that I don't have a chance of writing. Like when I'm writing Spider-Man, I know I'm not going to be writing Superman. So I don't think about it too much, but you know, every once in a while, these ideas creep in your head or you, you read other people's stuff or you see the movies and you can't help but think, what would I do with that situation? Like what, what choices would I make as a, uh, as a creator, what, 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 what am I interested in, uh, in the character? And, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, stuff online lately about Zack Snyder and the Snyder cut and, and Man of Steel. Mm. But I, I had actually years ago written a very impassioned, uh, critique of the Man of Steel movie. So I, I was, and, and I went back and looked at it when I, uh, uh, asked for this job to, to, cause they literally said we want your first book to be called Man of Steel. I went, ooh, I, I think I wrote something online about that movie. And I looked and it was, it was, it wasn't so much I was, uh, angry at the movie, it's just I was so impassioned about Superman. And right, he, you had a lot of, a lot of thoughts about Superman. Yeah, I did. And I, I, I and I was so glad I, I read them back, like it was a note to myself from years ago, and I still believed everything I had written. I was like, oh good, you know, and, uh, so, so, but I said, well, now I have a chance to really express that idea, not just be, you know, frustrated with other people not doing it. Why don't I do it? Right. So I, I took that as, you know, now it's time to really show people what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and what, what that means is that Superman relates to the world and relates to the culture in a way that no other character does. He, he exudes hope and, you know, passion for each other in a way that no other character does. Like, and that, that, and we go through waves in, in our, in our, in our culture where we desperately need that. You know, yeah. some of us need it right now. So it, it's, um, it's great to be in charge of that for a while. That it, it really, you, you really get to feel what an honor that is. So you've written a lot of superheroes over the years who have, Sometimes in the middle of your run, gone big into movies um, or other media. Do you think that um, the way you see like a, a comic character transformed to movies affects the way you write that character, or or um, not? No, you know it's funny. Mostly it doesn't, and it's such it's it, having been in comics through the entirety of the wave, you know, the rise of the superhero movie, mm. you know, I literally kind of came in the door around the same time as the first X-Men and Spider-Man movie. So I've like, I've kind of been like parallel to them. Uh, and it's funny because most of it, you realize our job is the same. It's just, just tell the best, most honest story that this medium can do with this character. Right. And then there's going to be a lot of crossover, but and then you look, but I don't know. It's it's like I never find myself really influenced by the movie so much as I, I feel. I feel like everyone's already seen that. Yeah. So to do something else, right? Or 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 oh, oh, or there's certainly lessons to be learned. I definitely like look at other people's lessons that they learned, either the hard way or the right way. Like, wow, that was a great choice. Like Spider Verse is filled with other people's great choices, right? That, that I, I think about all the time. And then there's other people who make choices where you, you can't help it. Like, why did you choose that terrible choice? And you think about it all the time. And why, what would I do if I was doing that? Right. Uh, yeah. so, so, uh, applying that to these characters, 
it's pretty it's pretty fascinating because people's relationship to the movies has evolved throughout the years. And they, yeah. they went from wow, I can't believe there's movies to you know, we have Avengers Endgame, which is like so huge. Like it's the biggest thing you could ever imagine, right? So it's it, it's it's like they're getting the spectacle. So I look to it as well. We have to bring the truth wherever we can, like new truth. You know. Yeah. You know, retreading the same ground might. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think about like, yeah. I, I think that's a better answer to your question. Is I don't, I don't find myself influenced to imitate more. Look, I look like what are they adding to the general like sense of the meat of of the genre. And then what can, what, what can I add to it? Like, like you're going to, we're going to talk later, I guess, about, about Wonder Comics. And that is an absolute reaction to what I, I see as not happening in other places. Yes. That, that I would like to buy or read or have for my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Like one of the big questions in comics that I think it never hurts to ask is, uh, why would someone want to read this comic? I, every every night before I go to bed, every morning when I wake up, that's all I ask about the stuff I'm writing. Obviously, it's working for you. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's if if I can't like say to my, I I, I, I literally go, would I buy this? Yeah, and, 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 and I have a wide variety of things that I buy, but so I do give myself a little leeway. But if, if the answer is no, then boy, then who else would? Exactly. How on earth could I possibly ask anybody to? So I, I think from, from everything we're doing at Jinx World to Wonder Comics to every choice we make with Superman, I, I, I deeply consider that. Cause these things, these, these things do cost money. They're expensive. And sometimes it's someone's entire entertainment budget are these books. So you really want to make sure that they, they got that very special thing they were looking for out of it or at least they see wow he really tried <laughs> yeah that, that it's made with with care yes deep uh yes and not only does it cost money it costs time like a, an ongoing comic story you know people are waiting for a conclusion to that for months and months and you know if you come to an unsatisfying conclusion then you're like eh I waited six months for this. Not even the conclusion, but just a general flavor, just the tone of it, just how it makes you feel when you're reading it. Um, I I think about that a lot as well. Like, like I, you become very acute to um, that there, there, there are large parts of our audience that have bought these comics so they can close the door to their bathroom or their room or whatever little you know, chamber of secrets or a fortress of solitude they have in their world and spend 20 minutes not thinking about the world they live in and thinking about this one uninterrupted. And it's a very private, intimate thing. And so I think about like when they open that book, what images are they going to see? What flavor and, uh, and being the world that we live in right now, I, I have just said hope. I'm going to, I'm going to wherever I can give hope and joy and the good guys are going to win and the bad guys are going to jail because a lot of people aren't feeling that in the real world right now. So wouldn't it be nice if at least for 20 minutes or whatever time it takes to read one of our books that I I, I let you feel that way? Because that's what Superman's supposed to feel like. 
Yeah, I mean, I think some people think that going darker is always creative and always more creative when, when really it doesn't have to be. There's plenty of room for, for hope. And comics in general, and I believe, listen, I have half the books I'm writing right now are, are super dark, but, um, but there's dark and then there's unappealing, if, if, yeah. if, like, like, like sinister can be fun. You know yes. what I mean? Like, like bad guys can, villains can be fun. Uh, my daughter is obsessed with Ocean's Age. She's seven years old because look how much fun they're having. Um, it was, which I'm delighted by constantly. This I think about all the time. And, um, but, but so, so just, just, you know, uh, thinking about what, 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 what that energy you put out in the world is, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's an extension of uh, you as a person. You walk into the, into a room and you think about like, what kind of energy am I putting out in the world? And, you know, so your, your work should be the same. So, um, do you, how did you, I mean, do you write both comics concurrently or do you like work on one and like finish a storyline and then hop over to the other Superman comic and, and work on, you know, a storyline? To the frustration of my peers who are process junkies and nerds, I do not have a process in this. I, I let the, 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 the whims come, like whatever I go, oh my god, like I, if I think of something and that's it, and, and then, then I'm writing Superman under, uninterrupted for days and weeks on end, or it'll be uh, just an idea I had and that's it for Superman this week. Like it, it's, it, it's a mixture of anything. But what I've learned is wherever inspiration hits, go for it. Don't stop it. Don't go, oh, I can't write Young Justice right now because I'm, I'm writing Superman. Nope. If, if, if something pops in your head, it was, it, it's your brain screaming at you to do something. So I, I, I do whatever my brain says to do and write whatever my brain says to write. So you have a lot of comics going on yes. at one time. How many is that right now? Not as much as people think because like, um, there's some Jinx World books that have wrapped up on my end. Um, as we're getting, starting to do new projects, but, uh, uh, so, but to the audience, it will seem they're all coming out at once, if, if that makes sense. But really, I'm writing one at a time, right? So by the time, like, I have a, I have a, I have a big, I have a very large, uh, storyline coming out from DC called Event Leviathan. And it's like solicited this week for people to order. By the time they order it, I will be done with it. So, you know what I mean? So it seems like there's a lot of, Right, but how place. many titles are you currently well, working yeah, on? Well, it's Superman, Action, Young Justice, and Naomi, but we're almost done with Naomi, and uh, Pearl is ongoing, so I'm doing that right now at Jinx World. And, uh, but right now, instead of Scarlet, I'm writing a Powers graphic novel, so there's things I'm doing instead of other things that other people are reading. So a few things, and, and I'm doing Batman with uh, Nick Darrington for Walmart, and, but that's only 12 pages a month, but it's like the best job ever. So it's, uh, it's, and, and I have a couple other projects at DC that are enormous that are taking up a great deal of, uh, brain cycles, uh, because they're uh, the biggest challenge to myself as a writer and also just the, 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 um, the landscape of the pieces that big. So yeah, you have a 
massive chunk of DC on your plate all at once. But where I'm really challenging myself is that they're all very different books and they all need a, a great deal of world building and research on my end. So, um, uh, so I've taken it upon myself to make sure. Sorry about that. That every book is uh, different, unique, has the world building behind it and, uh, just gets me expressing myself in a different way. Okay. So quickly, before we move on to other things, let's talk right. about those 12 pages of Batman and Walmart. Yes. That's the best job. I swear to God. It's, it was offered to me in my first days at, uh, coming to DC and it was a real, Real great move on Dan DiDio's part. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, th- this idea that the Walmart books themselves are such a great outreach program for new readers, which is something I'm 1,000% behind. And DC has uh, quite a few programs right now that are eager to, um, um, what you will call it? Uh, Bring new readers on? I'm sorry, sorry, say again? Go, go on. No, I'm saying they're new reader programs, and I'm I'm thrilled about them because obviously I, we want new readers. So uh, the Walmart books are, are this great package. It's like a hundred pages of awesome comics and twelve brand new pages. And the twelve new pages are by myself and Nick Darrington, who is one of the um, best new artists in comics. Uh, who just worked on Doom Patrol with uh, Gerard Way, and um, we're doing this um, thing called Batman Universe. And every chapter is, uh, another chapter in a mystery where Batman is chasing this item. It's a, it looks like a Fabergé egg, but we're going to find out it's a very important item from the history of DC Comics. And it's taking him all over DC, the DC universe. And I've used it really as a travelogue for myself to kind of invite myself to all these new places that I've never written before, like Gorilla City and Thanagar and like all, all these like, new places that I've just wanted to visit to see how I felt writing them. So Batman's been kind of like my uh, co-pilot as I journey across the DC universe. So what was your inspiration for that storyline or for your take on Batman? Well, I, I, um, another one where, where Batman's a character I've thought about a, a great deal and what I would do with Batman if ever. And I always thought like people, immediately assumed it would be a lot like my Daredevil run. Like when I was on Daredevil, people always were talking to me about doing Batman. And I would, in my head, think, yeah, if I did Batman, it would be very different than the way we, we do Daredevil. And this, yeah. I, I must say, uh, a, a very good, this this is what I wanted it to be. I, I It's hard for writers to point to something and go, that's exactly what I meant because, you know, that's not how we're wired, but Nick has brought such a beautiful energy to the pages that I, 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 I absolutely, this is the, the Batman I wanted to put out, out in the world. And I was a little nervous about it because my Batman's a little more, um, colorful than, than the Batman that's normally out there. You know, the, the, the Dark Knight detective. So, uh, I was worried that maybe my Batman was a little, uh, happier than Batman normally is, but I read this great quote from Frank Miller while I was doing my big, my big DC reread deep dive when I came to the company, there was this quote in the Batman encyclopedia of all places where uh, Frank Miller says, uh, Batman's the only character in pop culture that you can literally do anything to. And people still see Batman. You can make it as silly Lego Batman as dark, you know, Scott Snyder's Batman and it's still Batman and no one questions it. No other character can, can do that. 
And I realized, oh, that, that freed me up to do this, this take on Batman. So you're talking about a deep dive. I know that there are a lot of different schools of thought with uh, different writers when it comes to writing characters who've been around for a long time. Yes. Some people prefer to read less. Some people prefer to read more. What's your method? Oh, research. Read less. No, read everything. Read, read it. Read, it, should be, it has to become part of your DNA. You know, you have to like, you have to know, you have to know stuff the the audience will never know, or, or the audience will never even know you know. And I, I I don't even know how you could possibly even want to write the book without even, uh, you know, you know, like I listen, I did this with X Men, and X Men's got some rough patches, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, when when you're around for as long as these comics are, there will be rough patches that can't yeah, be held. But I I feel there's lessons for uh, for the creators the co-authors of the book, once you get the job, you're now a co-author of the character, then then it's part of your job to like learn all the lessons, the, the good lessons and the bad lessons, or and you know or to you know find those little gems. And also may I say it's also good to just re- remind yourself of the things that you loved of and didn't like. And also to um so you don't accidentally write someone else's story that they wrote forty years ago. Uh, yeah. I, I tell this story to my to my writing class because it haunts me. Uh, John Cleese told the story about how uh, he was writing about the creative process and he was talking about how he once sat down and wrote a Monty Python sketch and he wrote it all the way to the end, pulled it out of his typewriter, read it back and went, oh, this is a Goon Show sketch that Peter Sellers wrote. I didn't write this. I remembered it. Ouch. Right? How haunting is that, Right. So then, then I, for like a year, I'd call like my editor and go, is this a good Avengers idea? Or did, 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 did I think of this or did Roy Thomas write this in the sixties? So, so I think it's part of just the research to get it all that energy of the characters and all that information and put it in the stew and put it back out as, as in your version. It's a shared You're sharing the characters. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're playing with the toys, and then you have to put them back into the toy box. And by that, I mean you're not just sharing it with the other writers and artists. You're sharing it with the audience. Exactly. Yeah. Because everyone has a Batman that lives in their head. Yep. And which I so, know is frustrating to the audience that doesn't get to, like they, they you know we 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 get a lot of tweets of people who demand things that we can't obviously always give everyone what they demand because um, that's not the, that's not how it works. Well, luckily, everyone can write their own Batman story. It just doesn't always get published by DC. Yep. So um, you've said a little about what your take on Superman is, that, you know, you're very much about hope. What, what's your take on Batman? What's your view of him? Um, I, Determination. There's like, like fighting... I, I, I do, I see them as, as, as the, I, I know this is hardly the most, um, illuminated thought ever, but they are the, the, the same coin. They are two sides of the same coin. And, and, and it's, and, and as minute you start writing them together, you, you feel it immediately. So it's, you, you feel like you're, you're writing, and that's why they like each other so much, Superman and Batman. They get it. It's the same pain. So let's turn to something you alluded to a few minutes ago, um, 
wonder comics and what it was that um, inspired you to go there. And you said it was something that you were not seeing other places. Well, I, it was a well. I, I, I was I was I was getting it at Marvel, like when we were working with Miles Morales and Kamala Khan mm-hmm. and, and all those characters. It was it was a feeling that I I, I was really enjoying, and I felt uh, you know so, some books just feel good for the soul while you're doing them. Mm-hmm. On, top of, on top of being a the creative challenge and all that, there's there's a oh I I feel I feel like a better human for have, having done this, and you don't always know that till you're till you're done with it. Um, but ha- having that I was wrapping up, uh, my 18 year Spider-Man run and that feeling at the same time, Dan DiDio goes, Hey, you know, we're having a lot of fun uh, and success with these, uh, what they're calling pop-up imprints where uh, like a creator can like take a little corner of the DC universe and really express a bigger notion, right? Like a, like a bigger idea. And I was like, Oh wow. I never, I, and I, and I, it wasn't on my list of things that I was asking for when I came to the company, but it was offered. And immediately, obviously you can't help but think, well, what would I do with such a thing? And, of course. and the reaction was, Ooh, I'll do a bunch of crime comics. And then, but I realized that with Jinx world coming to DC and the books themselves being what they were, that I was kind of already doing a line of crime comics at DC. So that itch was being scratched uh, very well by Pearl and uh, United States of Murder, Inc. So um, that made me look at – and then I, I had the unique uh, uh, thing where I, I, I didn't get to write my last issue of Spider-Man until I was already at DC Comics because I had uh, gotten ill uh, during my transition. And during the time I was going to write my last Spider-Man, I, I got sick and I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. So I got to write it with a lot of uh, uh, more emotion and passion than even I may have to start. And when that was done, I realized, oh, well, this is obviously what the feeling of of what would be Wonder Comics should be, which is just characters at this moment where, you know, you're 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 not quite sure what how the world works and you're not quite sure what your place in it is. You're not quite sure any of these things. But you know you have to stand up and do something. So I said, I go, I go, I can't help but wonder if maybe we need a, a line of comics about about these kids just figuring it out. And Dan looked at me with saucer eyes and just puts up his hands and goes, "Young Justice." I go, "Oh yeah, Young Justice. I love Young Justice." He goes, "No, I've been looking for a way to do Young Justice. You you just said it." And I, he goes, "Young Justice could be the anchor of of a line of comics." That expresses that idea, and I go great. And Wonder Twins, <laughs> and and he, and he just stared at me. I but, bet that was a harder sell. Well, it, was, it wasn't the same look of an, uh, as as it, when he said Young Justice, but I, I did express that that there are a lot of characters at uh, at DC that are very beloved and very and have a very strong idea behind them that with just a, with the, the amount of care and love could really fit into a line like this. And I said, yeah, with Young Justice, we could bring in the two things I pitched were Wonder, Wonder Twins, um, with, with which what I said with the right writer could be really something special and, uh, and dial eight for hero, which I have always believed was one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard. Just the concept. And it only gets better with age in my yeah. opinion. Dial so, H for hero made a little cameo in, um, Action comics. Yeah. So I just, um, so I, I, and then we had a, a new 
idea David Walker and I have been uh, working on, uh, which became Naomi, uh, which is the most of all the books I'm doing at DC right now, the most additive to the DC universe as in her secrets are going to unlock new stuff that were, was not in the DC universe before. And I'm very, very excited about that. Um, so the, these four titles are the, are the launch titles of wonder comics. And uh, I, I, again, I did not perceive this as part of my future, but it is something I'm so deeply proud of. The books are selling out. Naomi, uh, we just found out yesterday, it's going to a third printing, officially a big giant hit uh, for the character. And our her numbers on issue four were bigger than issue three, which for publishing world is like finding a unicorn. It never happens. So um, I'm, we're insanely grateful to the audience for embracing her new story. Okay. That, that's by the way, just the beginning. So now that we have, we have hit books, we have a lot of stuff that's been greenlit behind the scenes and we'll be uh, debuting it uh, as the year goes on. So when might we look forward to the next piece of information coming out? Not that you can say what it is now. Uh, for wonder comics for any of your DC stuff. Your oh, well, uh, there's DC a lot. There's actually a lot. Well, well, the big push right now is going to be on, uh, Event Leviathan. It's this very big spy thriller, a uh, big event that we're doing uh, uh, for DC, and it really is. Uh, uh, Leviathan is, has started to take down the large organizations of the DC universe. It just so happens for people who know their DC lore that DC has a great many organizations, a lot of departments of, and spirals, and Argus, and uh, and so. Uh, we're going to have a story that actually cleans that up quite a bit and makes the DC universe a very, very specific destinations for your, um, for your superhero spy stuff. And Leviathan <laughs> is going to rise up having destroyed and taken out all of these big organizations. And what they are in place of it is something that's going to be very surprising because what they're, what they're offering is not something that's villainous. And so it's going to be a little more frustrating for the, detectives and heroes of the DC universe to deal with because what Leviathan is, isn't a mustache twirling villain. So it was okay for you to tell us this or yes. are, or yeah. So our, our readers can hear this. It's not too yeah. early. No, no. Cause right now in the pages of action comics, um, there's big disasters and big things are going on and lots of people are missing. And then uh, over the course of the storyline, they're going to find out that um, um, what Leviathan wants and how he they're going about it mm-hmm. are two different things that they have to deal with. So I'm going to just sort of roll this interview around sure. back toward Superman for a little bit right before we close off. I kind um, of sort of already did for you with the Leviathan thing. I was being cool like that, but. Ah, well, so one thing I noticed is that in not, I mean, I don't know where the individuals are right now, but in the trades, mm-hmm. in the collections that are coming out now, um, although Superman and Lois Lane remain quite happily married, yes, the plot is splitting them up. And yes. not just the plot, but even after the plot isn't, uh, Lois kind of is herself voluntarily. Like, she's very clear that it's not that she's like, not this is about their marriage at all. 
Just that she needs some, like, investigative reporter time. Yes. Um. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. What was, what was your motivation for sort of temporarily separating them physically? Well, um, they have a very unique relationship. Uh, and, and first of all, I always want to make it clear. I always have to preface this because comics is such a passionate uh, fan base and, and, uh, but so, so people are clear, Lois and, uh, Clark are, are not breaking up and they're very no. much in love yeah. and nothing is, um, threatening their relationship because they are happily married people and people who are happily married will tell you nothing threatens the relationship, right? So that, that, that is how I perceive them. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but almost the idea of a threat to their relationship is sort of played with and made fun of with, um, a gossip reporter constantly being convinced that they're about to break up when oh, this yeah, there's, there's, could not be further from the case. Making money off of them. And, and we, by the way, we know people in the real world that this happens. Like there's franchises of people making money off of telling stories that aren't true about people, you know? So it, it doesn't, you know, the celebrity journalism has been around, you know, for a hundred years. It, 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 you know, people just deal with it. So to, to Lois, it, it would mean nothing to Lois. Gossip about her. Nothing at all. Because her truth is so true. Right? So, um, so, but, but what, what they do have is a complicated relationship with complicated jobs that are very important. Both of their jobs are very important. And sometimes you gotta sit down and do your job. So, um, the, the balance, um, goes one way and sometimes you gotta be, Super parents and sometimes you gotta sit down and do your job. So I find Lois and Clark's struggle to be a lot of parents struggle and, but the superhero version of it. Um, but what she, but for those who, who have read past the book we're talking about will already know that they are very much back together on the same page. In fact, in the pages of action comics this week, uh, they are undercover, uh, uh, and having a very good, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh kind of a sexy fun time as the world burns around them so what motivated you to decide to write that story about them to go to the okay let's have them doing their own thing separately for a while storytelling wise because i thought it accentuates that lois has very important work to do right uh, and uh because I number one, it's Superman. It's mm-hmm. he's he's the lead. It's the title of his book. But I I really think she's the co-lead of the book and has been since like the very first panel of Action Comics. And 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 so I wanted to reflect that. And by doing so, you're like yeah, she, and she's doing something. And also as a writer, I find it very. I don't know. It, uh, writers love writing about writers writing. <laughs> They, there's something, and you'll see, uh, with Greg Rucka's uh, work, um, coming up in the Superman special, uh, uh, with Lois, uh, it, 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 we, we, we know that truth so clearly that we, we, we can, we, we, just come with us. We'll, we'll get you somewhere. So, is there I, I, anything? I, I have Lois in that, in that hotel room. Mm-hmm. There's so much description of what's on the floor around mm-hmm. her in that hotel room. And then uh, Greg wrote a, a scene of her and he wrote a completely different bunch of stuff around her. 
in the room and I laughed at it, which is the truth. It was so funny. So it was showing your yes, differences in your processes? Really, yeah, they're ugly process. Yeah. The, 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 the lack of hygiene process. The, 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 you know, when it all goes to hell. The, so how many notebooks is this yes, process? Yes, yes, right. Yes. So is there, so you've, you've seemingly done it all. You've done your, uh, original work. You've done work at DC and work at Marvel on some of the biggest characters there are. Is, is there, is there something that's your holy grail that you haven't written yet, but well, you really well, the, want to get your hands on? Well, the, you, you, the holy grail is, is a, is a complete career <laughs> of, 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 of an attempt at, uh, uh, truth and, 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 and getting, getting to whatever the truth is that day as clearly as you can. So it, it, so when people go, Oh, you've accomplished so much. Yes, because I'm, I'm headed towards a, a very large goal that I, I, I don't know if you can get to, but, um, every hero I've had has tried this. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. Um, but as far as characters and franchises go, hell yes, there's tons of stuff I've ever gotten to. And and even with Superman, I've just started. There's so much to get to, even in his universe. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a legion of superheroes of, that I I would love to get to. Was that a what? a hint? That was the worst hint ever. It was a terrible hint. I've been I've been I've been terribly hinting this for months. But I well, will say to wrap it around for people who are interested in the Legion, uh, people reading Superman right now, you're reading a book that's about the Legion. Got it. So is there anything, if there's anything that you would like to tell our listeners? Yeah, I got to tell you, I I, I know there's some people might be listening to this because of Spider-Verse or other things that are not comic book related but or maybe you're a lapsed reader or hasn't stopped by a store lately. We just wrapped a whole calendar year that I think will go down as the best year in comics or one of the best years in comics, like 1985. Great. Like there were so many great comics coming from every single publisher, like every creator just decided to roll up their sleeves and try something that surprised and scared them. And the results were enormous. So I just want to let people know if, if you're kind of itching for some new storytelling experience, comics is where it's at right now. I, I, I no matter what kind of books you like, there's something really exciting going on. Just like to like let people know it's a really exciting time for us comic readers. Is there any particular book not by Brian Michael Bendis that so you're many, currently very excited about? There are so many. Uh, I, I, I can't even, uh, you're going to, I'm blanking now, but, uh, I, I just read Heroes in Crisis by Tom King. I love, I love Batman by Tom King. I, I, I genuinely, and I know this sounds ridiculous because I'm the host of the imprint. I'm so happy with Wonder Twins and Dial H for Hero. I don't write those books and I don't lord over them editorially. I cast the writer and artist and then got the hell out of the way in the way that I would like someone to treat me and what I got in return. Were, were, were two books I would desperately buy. So I, I, I'm so happy that they exist in the world. But so there's those, a uh, Martian Manhunter by, uh, Steve Orlando, uh, is, is 
really something special. I, I love when someone uh, finds something in a character that I would never have found in a million years. It, it delights me to no end. So, so th- there's that. And I, I absolutely love what's going on uh, at Marvel and Avengers and, um, and, uh, and what's going on uh, in the miles books, uh, both with champions and miles. And I, I, I benefit nothing from saying that other than I'm, I'm hugely relieved by it. I say it with giant relief. I did tell those everyone to go nuts when I left and they have, and it, it's, it's delighted me to no end. Okay. Thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you.